Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you doing? Let's kick things off this week by thanking our Patreon subscribers. Are you ready? I am ready. I wasn't ready when you said it first of all, but I am now. Thank God for that. <laughs> we would like to thank Michelle Dubay. We'd like to thank Dibley. Nicole C. Fleischman. Lauren Henderson. Dina Pastrana. Corvin Green. Freya Perryman. Molly Green. Lucy. Karen Felharber. Claire Alexander. Dawny Rayner. Kelly. Florence Johnson. Courtney B- Balsam. B- Bas- Basalem. Basalem. Blossom. I'm pretty sure I fucking wrote that down wrong. Sure as well, but, you <laughs> Sorry, know. Courtney. Uh, Katie McGregor. Teresa Spitzmuller. Logan Watkins. Amber Pruitt. And Laurie Gomez. Thank you all so much for subscribing to our Patreon. We you do. have no idea how much you 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 make us happy. And we I really have come to realise over this last week that our Patreon su- subscribers are the most genuine, purest form of humanity. Just so nice. They're really nice so people, aren't they? People. The more I talk to our the, our fans, the more I realise that actually we've just got the cream. Everybody well, the thing me. is, because you haven't really, like, because you only joined Instagram later, yeah, like you haven't been speaking to them kind of all along, so you're only getting to know people now. Mm. And there's all there's the same characters who we talk to all the time who are just lovely people. They Everybody are you're all really, really sweet. Keep up the sweetness. We love it. Thank you. We love you all. Whether you're a Patreon subscriber or not, actually, no, we still it's, love you. It's the, it's the, I wasn't talking about the Patreon subscribers. Actually, I was talking about the Facebook group. I just said the wrong thing. You know what I meant. Didn't I you? know. I know what you meant. Don't do, don't throw technology at me. <laughs> our film review this week. Yes. Are you ready? I am. Our film review is Mother. And Mother was released in 2017. I think you said it wrong. Oh, sorry, Mother! Exclamation mark or Mother! Mother! <laughs> Mother was released in 2019. It has 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb and 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? Go for it. A young woman spends her days renovating the Victorian mansion that she lives in with her husband in the countryside. When a stranger knocks on the door one night, he becomes an unexpected guest in their home. Later, his wife and two sons also arrive to make themselves welcome. Terror soon strikes when the beleaguered wife tries to figure out why her husband is so seemingly friendly and accommodating to everyone but her. So what were your thoughts on this film? There was a lot about it that I liked. The mania that it created was really good. I thought it did a really good job at just making you feel like you were mad. Yeah, I think it, we need to be really clear from the beginning that in this film, there is no exposition. You know what Jennifer Lawrence's character knows, the wife, which is nothing. So you've yeah. no idea why these people are in the house. She's like, spends the whole time trying to figure out like, who the fuck are these people? Why are they in my house? Why is my husband embracing them and bringing them into our house and then more and more people arrive as the film goes on and it just becomes completely chaotic she doesn't know what's going on and you, don't you know what's going on. as a viewer don't know what's going on no nope. right continue sorry um and it did actually have a little bit of an impact on me it affected my dreams last night i had a lot did of, it? yeah i didn't have like scary dreams but a lot of my dreams were quite manic well that's interesting um and I woke up a lot last night. It wasn't just to do with the dreams, but I did wake up a lot last night. And I've, I feel like it sort of had a bit of an influence in my internal dialogue uh, in my dreams. However, as much as a, it did a lot of things well, the fact that it had an allegory behind it kind of ruined it for me when we found out what it was actually trying to say kind of destroyed it a little bit for me. I um, found this film really frustrating because... I was so confused the whole way through. I spent the whole thing just going, what in the fuck is happening? 
what, what, who, who are these people? Why are they destroying the house? Oh my God. And I, and I understand that that was what the feeling they were trying to create. So the lack of exposition meant that we felt like Jennifer Lawrence's character felt. But I really, I don't know if I agree with an allegory in a film that I have to Google. Fucking had to Google it 20 minutes before the end. Because <laughs> I was like, it got so outrageous in terms of the chaos and what was happening in the house and all these people and everything that I was like, what in the world? So I Googled it, which I feel really like, can't believe I had to do that midway through a film. And then I found out what it was about and I was like, oh, fuck off. I can't be bothered with this. So, spoiler. Next two minutes, I reckon. Next two minutes, we're going to be talking about what this film is about. So if you haven't watched it and you desperately want to watch it, then don't listen to the next couple of minutes of this because we're going to give away what the film is about. Apparently, it's an allegory for Genesis, the Genesis story, which I don't, I, don't, I just don't know. Like, I don't know how I felt about it. I just didn't get why Mother Earth, why Mother Earth is a character in a Genesis story. So Mother Earth is Jennifer Lawrence. Her husband who is this poet, is God. And, no, I'm not explaining it to you, I'm explaining it to the listener. No, you're looking at me really like... No, 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 I know, but um, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to clear this up for me. <laughs> and then um, the two people that arrive randomly into the house that are like, you know, fucking destroying everything are Adam and Eve. And then, because apparently there's a shot where he gets into the shower and like he's got a scar on his it's rib when he started, and then his You wife weren't looking because he was thrown up. Oh, that's yeah. why. Oh, he was thrown up. I wasn't <laughs> looking. Okay, I get it. And then their sons arrive and it's Cain and Abel and... And like, you know, that could have been really, really clever. But I just, I, I, I just was annoyed. I, was, I, don't I, was annoyed. I don't understand where in Genesis it says God, God had a baby with the earth and the baby, uh, who was, was the Jesus. baby? <laughs> yeah, that I don't understand. In an interview with the director, he said that the baby that was born to Mother Earth was supposed to be an allegory for Jesus. But I feel like if you're going to start with Genesis, just stick to Genesis. Don't then dip into Jesus, which is New Testament shit, like you know those things don't they don't correlate so don't do that and I just felt like I, I know I know that personally it's a personal thing that I don't like gratuitous violence in films it makes me it just makes me feel funny and I don't like it I didn't think it was necessary to have Jennifer Lawrence with her breasts out being horrifically beaten called a cunt I, I just didn't think that was necessary and it, I was like right you're doing this for shock value. This does not add it, add anything to this story, and it's I I don't like it. It may it just get I didn't like it. I think it had its place. So I disagree with you slightly. I think if that was the message that you were going for, in that humanity fucks up the earth, it wasn't completely out of place. I get it. Okay, I can see that. Um, I just found it really uncomfortable. That was all. That's my whole, personal thing. The whole movie just just because of the allegory. Is that how you say it? Is that the right way? Yeah. Yeah just became really pretentious and it didn't need to be and I mean it is Darren Aronofsky who did Black Swan so I get it like that's his bag he does pretension um, but it, it created a lot of things at the start that could have gone in about a million different directions without that allegory I thought the, the mania that it created was really good and actually yeah. having random people rock up to your house um, having someone kill someone in, in your house then having that wake in your house is really like that's like horror. That is horror. And That's it a is horror, horror. And it, the fact that the husband is just embracing all these people and accepting it and loving having all these yeah. people in the house. And she's like, but why? You're not explaining to me why these people are in the house. And she just can't understand why these people are there. But there's a, I don't know, there's a, there's a disconnect between 
the actual story of Genesis and the story of Genesis that he tried to portray in the film. I think really there was, he had an idea and he had to warp so much the story of Genesis to achieve the idea yeah. that it lost some of its... It was just too much. It was too much. Yeah, it was too much. into it. It, it. it was really cleverly made, I think, in terms of how it made me feel watching it. Like you said, the mania, the desperation, the fucking confused, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, that was really good. And I think the little nods to Genesis that I read afterwards that I was like, okay, that was clever. Like the two sons, Cain and Abel, like they had a crystal in their house that he, the poet, the husband was really obsessed with. Adam and Eve came in and broke it and that was supposed to represent the forbidden fruit. Like that was all really good, but then it just lost it at the end. How many stars would you give this? Because I actually don't know how I feel about it. Uh, Can I have my little nerd point before you start? Oh, nerd point. Go for your nerd point. The one thing I really liked about this was and this is going to be really hard for me to explain without being really nerdy, but I love the colour scheme. So everything was was light and beige and very monotone without actually being monotone all the Mm. way through it, apart from when there was, when things were amping up, there was always an amber glow, which I really appreciated because we know that this house that she's restored was burnt down. And so it was the, like alluding to that fire. And I thought the cut just, it's visually, it is visually stunning the way that it's done, I think. I was very impressed with that. Okay. Not really, that's that's not my no. forte. My strong point is not looking at a film and go, oh, that's beautiful. I'm just like, what? What's going on? Who's that person? Who's she? Why is she crying? What, what, what stars would you give it then? I don't know. Why I'll, are you I'll give it? it a four, you know. I, I think I'm, mm. It's a failed four, if that's possible. No, I think I'm going to give it a three. Ha ha. Cue jokes now. But I think I am going to give it a three because I just... I, I don't know. Maybe I don't have the attention span to get on board with a film like that. I just thought it was too pretentious for me to be able to... I think I, think I would have liked it. it had I not known what it was trying to do. No, I don't think I would have been able to cope if I didn't know what it was trying to do. Because I think if I got to the end and then looked after, I'd been like, oh, that's quite clever. But we, you know, knowing what it was trying to achieve before the end of the film just ruined it for me because I was like, oh, that's just, you know, it's just unnecessary. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Mm. I'd give it a four. A failed four. It's different to a normal four. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Three from me. So are you ready for some stories this week? I don't know. Am I going to be able to understand them more than we understood that movie? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I hope I'll, so. I'll, I'll our, our listeners who send us in stories generally write us lovely stories. So, you know, you'll <laughs> no, be able no to allegory. understand them. No allegory. <laughs> Nobody's like, and this is actually a reference to... <laughs> Don't, I don't need to Google people's stories to find out what they mean. Okay, I'm done with that then. I don't really want to be scared because we've had a creepy week. But, um, we uh, have had a creepy week, but that's another story for another day. I also need to point out now, before we go any further, that for the next couple of weeks, our episodes might be a little bit shorter. There's going to be a couple of Dan-led episodes because I am very close to handing in my thesis and I need to be working on that more so than working on the podcast. Which, might mean sorry. we miss a week as well, just if it happens. Yeah, if it happens. I'm hoping it won't happen. Yeah. I'm trying to manage it in a way that means that I don't have to miss any weeks. But if we do, if we if we miss a week, that's why. It's because I'm very close to my thesis due date. So there you go. Our first story okay. comes from my lovely friend, Kira. And I actually lived with Kira mm. in when I was doing my master's. And we were Are you the thing that haunted her? I am the thing that haunted her. She's oh like, word. there was a girl in my house who only came out at night and drank lots of rum. I believe it was a pirate ghost. Um, So are you ready? Yeah, go for it. I worked in a laundrette during my college years. You may remember the gruesome stories. I do. Like, laundrettes are gross places to work. Oh, we'll talk about laundrettes later. I worked late nights often. One night, a strange incident happened. 
I was locking up. The door was locked, the shutters were down, and I was counting the cash in the till. I saw something in my peripheral vision. I looked to my left and saw a man standing behind the counter beside me. He was quite close. He was wearing a black t-shirt and blue jeans, but I couldn't see his face. It was somehow distorted. I looked at him and said, we're closed, and he didn't move. I was very calm at the time. I don't think my mind processed what was happening. I turned back to the till to close it just in case he was going to rob me. The laundrette was in a dodgy area. But when I turned back around, he was gone. It was only on the way home when I really processed what had happened. Not too long after, the laundrette caught fire, which I know was a coincidence, but odd nonetheless, as nothing like that had ever happened before. Another story I have is about my parents' house. The house has been in our family since it was built in the 1940s. It was a house built for workers in the Guinness factory, which is where my grandfather worked. Anyway, over the years, different things have happened. My dad was in bed one day. The house was empty. He had worked late. He heard the bedroom door open and someone put a hand on his back. Then he heard the door close again. He was awake and he definitely wasn't dreaming. Another instance was after my grandmother died. We lived with her and grew up in her house. For years afterwards, we could smell her cigarette smoke throughout different rooms in the house. Her gold bond cigarettes. And no one smoked in the house at this time. My cousin who would be very sceptical about this sort of thing, was staying with us for a short time. He was sleeping in my nanny's room. He came thundering down the stairs one night because he smelled cigarette smoke. We all laughed because we knew it was my nanny. Not a scary story, I know, just comforting to know that she was letting us know she was around through passive smoking. (laughs) Another story I have is, is about a child of Prague statue in my parents' house. It is placed on the top of the stairs on a windowsill. For years, the head has been broken. A toothpick was placed in it in order to fix it back on its body. Anyway, for years during the night, we would hear the head bounce down the stairs, even though it was fixed. Albeit with a hint of MacGyver. Every time it was fixed back, not too long after, the head would bounce down the stairs again. Our stairs in itself has always made me uncomfortable. I always felt like I'm not alone on it, and I'm not the only one in the house who has felt that. My grandfather had been sick for a while and passed in 1994 and the whole family was gathered around him in his last few days. One night my aunt was sitting in the room with him and my grandfather asked her, who is that sitting on your shoulder? He claimed he saw a little boy sitting on her shoulder. Unfortunately, two years later, the same aunt was very sick and dying from cancer. When she was in the hospice, she asked my family who were around her to look at all the people standing looking at her. But there was no one there but my family. Now, I know this could be easily put down to dying people imagining things before they pass, but it's interesting to me that both of them saw something or someone. I'm a sceptic about hauntings and the paranormal, but all of the above has made me question it. But I still don't believe it. How can you not believe after all that stuff? I know, right? So the child of Prague, just for context, because that might not be something that is universal, is a little statue of like a holy child. So if you imagine like a little small statue of like the Pope or some shit, but it's actually a child. And the child of Prague is something that Irish families put outside if they want to have good weather, basically. And it's like a holy relic. Not so holy if it's bouncing down your fucking stairs. So is the original child of Prague relic a child? What do you mean? Like the bones of a child. Oh, I don't know. The relics that you have in each house is a replicas, yeah. Yeah, but the original one. Well, I don't know. I don't really know what the story is, what the original kind of Catholic 
canon stories about the child of Prague and why it's such an Irish institution. I actually don't know. That's I have no idea. Creepy. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things in yeah. life that you just accept yeah, as a part absolutely. of whatever. Uh, yeah, that's pretty horrific. Yeah. What I love about this is we're always complaining about ghosts being dressed like they're from the 1700s. Yeah. And I think this might be like one of the first stories where we've had a ghost dressed in jeans and a t-shirt. I've got so much I want to talk about about each story. Go on, go for it. Okay, so let's start with the laundrette. Yeah. They are creepy places. Why? I just Because like a lot of them are open, really, like they're not in this country, but in America they're open like all hours. And it's like an easy way to just go and, you know, put some money in the dryer, have a kip. But also, if you think about them, if they've got more than like five dryers in them, they're like a time bomb waiting to go off. Like oh, there's so of, many instances yeah. of house fires being done to dryers yeah. and then you've got multiple copies of the same thing being in constant use. Like it's a surprise that all laundrettes don't burn down. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly sure the the laundrette catching fire is, is, is just coincidental to the fact that it's a fucking health and safety issue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's anything to do with seeing the guy... Ghost, no, who was that guy? ghost man with his like ring face you know in the ring when they take pictures of them and their face mm. is all like distorted yep. I'm That's, making the face I but nobody can that see me I wish that was filmed <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank god but it was who wasn't. was that guy and why was he wearing jeans and t-shirt I don't know I don't know ask him maybe they've um, upped the wardrobe game in the afterlife maybe okay the second story with the child of Prague mm-hmm. that's an annoying little poltergeist isn't it that, I mean, that's freaky, though. Imagine hearing every night, oh, there goes the head of the child of Prague <laughs> bouncing down the stairs again. That is the kind of, like, if you were an, an annoying prankster of a ghost, that's the kind of thing you would do, though, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's easy. Like, it's not particularly well attached, so it just doesn't take a lot of energy. You just take it off and flick it down the stairs, and then you're doing your haunting, aren't you? Yeah, do, do, ticking that box. But what I haunting. really liked, the story that I really liked was the last one. About the cigarettes or the people seeing people when they die. The people seeing people when I die. Because that's a that's like this cultural thing, isn't it? I can't remember where it's from, but it's like this idea that all your relatives come back to get, get you when you yeah. just when you're about to die to take you over. And like maybe she could just, in her dying moments, just see all her relatives. I have um, a story about relatives coming back to collect somebody when they're when they're dying. But I'm not going to tell it. I'll ask the person if I'm allowed to tell it because it obviously... It's one of my friend's stories, but it involves the death of somebody in their family. And I don't want to talk about it without getting their permission first. But it was a re- it's a really fucking weird story. Yeah, but it's, it's just like, like... horrifically freaky. But you hear that all the time about yeah. people going... I mean, maybe it is... And it, part of me makes it, me think that it's actually a thing. Maybe it is like your brain, you know, like, like kind of flashing through your life as you're coming close to death. But there's millions of stories of people being like, oh, such a person has come back to get me and whatever. And it's just like, I think it's like, I, can't, I wish I could remember the reference point, but it's one of those sort of first people cultures where it talks about all the relatives coming back to get you. And it's like generations of relatives. And that would make more sense in that story because it was people that she didn't, like, who are all these people, she said, or something along those lines, yeah. didn't she? And you'd imagine if it was all your immediate family that you'd lost, you'd be like, oh, why is my dad here? Uh, you know that kind of thing yeah whereas it was like loads of people that she didn't recognize which then kind of feeds into that idea that it's all your generations that come to take you back like i love that idea i think it's an amazingly hopeful it is amazingly hopeful and even if it is like even if it's just a, a phenomenon of the brain your brain like trying to soothe you before you die like that's amazing as well that your brain has that ability to go you know you're going to die and you're going to really freak out so what i'm going to do is give you all the people you've lost so you feel like you're going somewhere because yeah. that's the other alternative and either way it's quite a nice it's quite comforting or if I it think. like manifests angels or something like that do you know something like com- like a comforting thing to bring you over rather than 
just like blackness. it could just be people that like it could be angelic beings couldn't it that's that could be what she's seeing yeah but just it just when you were ringing it when you were ringing it that's not what i'm going to say when you were reading it it rung a bell in my head and i was like oh i know that's that's a cultural thing like yeah. a like an actual thing I, I want to say it's like an asian thing like an asian like a far like a uh what do you call it the um not south asian but like east asian like china that that way i, I want to say it's like a, a japanese cultural thing maybe or something mm, like that i don't but know somebody will message us and tell us yeah are you ready for Good another stories. story yeah because they, they were nice they weren't too scary yeah they weren't too of. scary is this one different all the facial expressions if only okay, this is this is a weird one I'm going to put my hands up and say this is weird. a weird one yeah okay this is a weird one um, this story comes from Ilse are you ready yes I have numerous stories of the paranormal but I will only send this one for now as it's rather long and my first ever paranormal experience and what I like to think of as the beginning of it all now hang tight for a wild ride and I apologise in advance for the length of this story. I won't give many details, as it will prolong it, so I hope you can follow along. When I was about five, my mom sent my two older brothers to bed as they had school in the morning. For some reason, I didn't have to wake up as early, so I got to stay up longer this night. Anyways, as the annoying little sister, I ran up and down the hallway from the living room to the door of their bedroom, which they kept open, and kept teasing them that I got to stay up. About the third time I did this, I looked into their bedroom and my brother, middle child, was on his stomach, laying his head on his crossed arms at the foot of the bed, staring at the door. On top of his head was another head, and on top of that one was another hideous and scary-looking face. I yelled and ran into the living room and buried my face in between my mother's legs and cried out, My brother's head is not my brother's head! My dad, thinking they had done something to scare me, got up and stormed to their room to yell at them, to which they pleaded that they had not done anything to me. As the days went by, I became a more and more nervous and scared child. Odd things started to happen in the house, like strange noises. I stopped eating and I stopped sleeping. I began losing weight. Then even weirder things started to happen. Snakes would come out of the hallway closet. What? My parents and even the apartment manager checked for any holes or openings in the closet that could explain where all these snakes were coming from and could never find anything then one time my mother and I saw a pink yes pink rat come out of the wall where there was no hole or opening like a ghost walking through walls my mom yelled and my dad came running and killed the rat we showed it to the apartment manager and they had no explanation for it I became sicker and sicker, but no doctor could ever figure out what was wrong with me. They ran several tests without an outcome. Finally, my mother's friend told her that she needed to take me to a witch doctor. My dad didn't believe any of that. He was the type of man that believed that everything had a scientific explanation and did not believe in the paranormal. He didn't even believe in God, so he was absolutely against taking me to a witch doctor. My mom argued with him that science had failed in this and that they were running out of options. So he agreed, and they took me to this witch doctor. As soon as the door opened to her house, I ran inside, hugged her, and told her everything I saw and kept seeing. She did a cleanse and asked to come over for dinner. When she did, she told us that whatever was in there was evil and wanted me and would not stop until it had me so we needed to leave. While she was assisting with this, she found out that a 16 or 17, can't quite remember the age, year old kid had committed suicide in the room. 
and when they found him, he had pentagrams and 666 and other demonic symbols written all over the walls. She believed that the other two heads or faces I saw were of that boy and a demon. And that was my first ever paranormal experience. What? What in the world? You say that is not something you need to experience as a small child. Do you know, even when as first... an adult, that stuff can just go away. I don't want to know about it. No, 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 no. Not having pink rats coming in. Not having any rats coming in. Not having a nap. No snakes. No. You okay? No. I'm not no. done with that story. But you know when I first read this story and I started reading it and I was like, oh, this girl, my initial reaction was, oh God, this girl was actually really mentally unwell. And then it was like, oh no, wait, they all saw the snakes. They all saw the rat. They it wasn't killed the her. rat. The yeah. rat was physical. That's what and makes it, it even worse. Yeah, I know. And, I, and I, when I first read it, I was thinking it was like all hallucinations. But no, they had to like get people in to check the house to see where all these fucking snakes were going from. That's oh. mental. You know what it makes me think of, though, is that, you know, like they always say about the flies. Oh, that's a real amateur horror thing. Yeah. yeah. But it's like that, but on speed. (laughs) I mean, they like snakes and rats are a very kind of... Not pink rats. I'm not finished. I know you're freaking out over the rat situation. Okay, but hold tight for a second. Snakes and rats, biblically, like negative creatures anyway, aren't they? Like the snake is obviously symbolic of demons and darkness and satan and blah 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 blah. and then rats are just fucking disgusting (laughs) i'm pretty sure it doesn't say that in the bible (laughs) genesis 3 chapter 6 rats are fucking disgusting and lo jesus spake unto the people did you know rats are fucking disgusting (laughs) and the people rejoiced That's not in Genesis. Okay, it's in the New Testament, just FYI. Unless you're Darren Arnofsky and Jesus is in Genesis, so, you know, all good. But yeah, such a weird little story. It's oh, the weirdest I'm just one not I've done heard. with that. Like, everything about that story is rank. Like, imagine being a little kid and going in and seeing different heads on your brothers and then snakes coming out and then finding out about some kid that had been sacrificially ritualised. That's not even a word. In Satan is a... I'm not done with that. Burn that house down. Move. They did. That was the end. They, they well, moved. They burned it down. They, they, they moved. Oh. That was the end of the story. <laughs> okay, I was too excited. On the Sorry, rats. were you not listening? I was too or scared. Or were you thinking about pink rats? I was thinking about pink rats coming out of nowhere. That's really weird, isn't it? It's like, how does that it's happen? Like some Resident Evil stuff. Like, you know, there's mutated, mutated things that come later on. Yeah. Very, very strange. I'm not down with that story. Thanks for sharing, but... I mean, it's it, it's... Probably, I think, the weirdest story we've, we've had. Because they're physical as well. It's not even like... like yeah, it's not like she was saying it was, a, it was the ghost of a pink rat. Because I'd be like, okay, I don't know how I feel about that. It's a, They killed it. They literally physically killed it. But maybe it was like some sort of chemical thing with the rat. But where? But then where did it come from? Where? where, where why did it come out of the wall? I just Ugh. don't even know how I... Like... Rats in the walls freak me out. I'm so glad we live in a building that's like solid brick, wall, brick walls in most of the places. Are you ready for one more story? I'm actually traumatised, but go for it. This story comes from Ember. When I was around 10 years old, my bedroom got redesigned and all of the furniture got replaced. It went from a pretty pink princess room to a light blue, more mature bedroom. One night, about a week after my room was renovated, I was sitting in my bed watching Nanny McPhee on my small TV. I was sitting there not making a sound, just watching the movie. All of a sudden, I heard something fall in my bedroom. I was about halfway through the movie and I hadn't moved the entire time. I hadn't touched a single thing in my bedroom. I grabbed a flashlight, 
that I had laying next to me and got up to investigate. I had a credenza and some cubbies in it. I looked around and saw that the bottom cubby had been pulled out of its spot, even though I hadn't touched it. I got down on the ground and pushed it back in. But as soon as I got up and went to check behind the cubby, thinking that maybe it was something behind it. However, there was nothing there, or any kind of rodent wouldn't have been able to push it because the contents of the cubby were way too heavy. I went back to my bed and nothing else happened the rest of the night. I was around 11 during this second story. I had just finished cleaning my bedroom and I had a broom and dustpan sitting against the wall. I was sitting on the floor. It was around 11pm and I was wide awake. I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but I was looking at the broom. And then all of a sudden, the broom started shaking. I wasn't touching it or anything, so it was pretty weird. But for some reason, I had no real reaction. Looking back at it now, I don't know how I wasn't scared. I guess my adolescent mind just accepted it. I was around the same age during this third story. I was sitting in my bedroom watching something on my TV. I was doing absolutely nothing, just sitting there. All of a sudden, I felt this huge wave of sadness. I felt like something truly terrible had just happened, but nothing had. I started bawling and semi-screaming. It was the middle of the night, so no one was awake. I was screaming stuff like, get away from me and leave me alone. I don't know why I said it. I don't know what made me say any of that, but I did. I don't know why I felt so strongly like something terrible had happened. Nothing had. Everything was fine. I began to crawl under my blanket, still crying. I felt two arms wrap around my neck. And suddenly, everything was fine. I was the only person in my room. I don't share a bedroom with any siblings. I've no idea who or what hugged me that tight, but it was comforting, in a creepy way. Since then, I've had small paranormal encounters, things like footsteps in the attic above my bedroom, banging on the walls in the dead of night when no one's awake. Now it's just normal to hear those things. But every now and then, I'll look around my room and see a figure. Figures of people I've only heard of from my grandmother, people that I only knew as a baby, and people that I never even knew. But all of that is normal to me now. I don't get too creeped out by seeing or hearing those things. Do you know why I love that story? Why do you love that story? Because it's so simple. Yeah, it's really straightforward. Like, it's really, there's no kind of, like, big dramatics to it. It's just, you know, the bottom shelf slid out of my cubby holes. Like, that's really weird. When I first read it, and I first read that story, and I was like, what? Because it's at, when I first read it, I was like, but a shelf falling down is not an unusual thing. And then I reread it, and I was like... Oh, it's the bottom shelf sliding, sliding out. That's really weird. It's even on your chest of drawers, it's got to be open for it to fall out, yeah. hasn't it? And then, like, the broom vibrating made me think that actually this girl is Matilda and I'm really jealous. <laughs> I'm going to... Because she said she was staring at it. I'm going to say something now that you're not going to appreciate. The drawer thing made me think of the drawer in the apartment with the hand. In the Japanese one, where the drawer where the drawer came out and the little hand grabbed that yep. person. Well, why did you bring that up, Dan? <laughs> Why'd you bring that up? So it reminded me of. Well, thanks very much. <laughs> I was having a perfectly nice evening. And now I feel like somebody's going to grab my ankle under the table and I'm not happy. Okay, you've done this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's also, it's another one of like, just relatives that are hanging around. Like maybe the people she doesn't know are just like other generations of her. Other generations of people that are checking in to see. Because yeah. I, 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 some, I had a, I'm not going to talk about it here, but I had a, a dream this week that made me think of of the fact that that um, relatives do, do drop in and check up on us. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, no, I don't believe that, blah, blah, blah. And I am a sceptic. 
But I actually think it's nice to believe that the people that you've loved and lost but what if come back to keep an eye on you. All of the non-malevolent people that you see that you don't recognise, what if they're just another generation of your family that you never met? Non-malevolent people that you see. What do you mean on a day-to-day like, basis? All, no, all those ghost, like all the ghost stories that we talk about, the oh, ones that aren't malevolent. I thought, I thought you were saying no. like, what if all the people you see on the street <laughs> are just generations of your family that are dead? How many people do you see in Victorian dress on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> we're not going back to the milkman. No, I meant no, like all those ghost stories that we hear that are not malevolent. Yeah. So when it's just people that they don't recognise just appearing. Yeah. Like maybe the guy in jeans and a t-shirt was a relative. Somebody of Kira's. Yeah. That she just. Never met. Never met. That's a really weird thought. Isn't it? I do sometimes wonder if like the people that we dream about, because you know when you when you dream and you dream about completely random people, but they, they're a complete like human entity in your dreams. Like what if they're people that are coming back to be like, hey, how you doing? I'm in your dreams. I mean, that makes sex dreams a bit creepy, doesn't it? Oh, that <laughs> does make sex dreams fucking weird. <laughs> And on that note... <laughs> also, all the dreams I have about dinosaurs. It's like, I was a real dinosaur once. <laughs> Evolution. There you go. Would you like some reviews? Uh, yeah, let's have some reviews. So, review number one comes from Bugman18. And it's entitled, Best Mistake I Ever Made. So I found this That's podcast... what my parents said about me. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was quick. I, I enjoyed that. Well done. <laughs> So I found this podcast by mistake and I must say I listened to one episode and downloaded them all immediately so I can listen to them while working. Hands down the best podcast out now. I'm a 31 year old male who checks my surroundings because of this podcast <laughs> and God forbid I let my feet hang off the bed. Oh, I I don't do that either really. Our second review comes from why? That's what they're called. That's their username. Amazing. Yeah. And it's entitled Just What I Was Looking For. Emma and Dan are amazing hosts. They're funny and I enjoy their movie reviews. Their stories are scary and are not made up. If you're looking for a great scare, this is the podcast for you. Also, their accents are soothing to hear. Yeah, granted, like we we don't make up any of these stories. So you can choose whether you believe them or not, but we don't make them up. People send them in. Absolutely. And the last one comes from HFox37, which I think is Hayden. If you're Hayden Fox, then let me know. Not the Hayden Fox that used to play for West Ham, but... No, different Hayden Fox, yeah. who's one of our Patreon subscribers. Yeah. And it's entitled Fan Freakantastic. This podcast is fantastic. I've tried listening to many other paranormal podcasts, but none hold water to this one. Emma brings only the best stories to the table because of her scepticism. There is a perfect mix of serious stories and comedic relief from Emma and Dan's back and forth. As a police officer in a quiet small town working the overnight shift, I thoroughly enjoy binge listening to these spooky stories between calls. The only reason I gave this podcast five stars rather than six stars is because they only release one episode a week. (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff, Emma and Dan. Keep it up. Cheers, Hayden. I just want to say, um, do you remember that listener from ages ago that really wanted you to say fantastic as many times as possible? That review was written... Um, but yeah that was our it's a little bit of a shorter episode this week but you know we hope you enjoy it next week's might not be as short because I'm writing it sorry yeah Dan's writing next week's episode which is really can I tell them what the topic is no okay sorry no I'm not allowed Um, just in case in case I stumble across something else and change the direction I'm going we will come back to that at some point if I don't do it but I do quite regularly have an idea in my head and then I completely change tact at the last minute so if you enjoyed this week's episode please go and leave us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts. 
You can also leave us a review on our Facebook page, which is Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. And you can join our Facebook supergroup, which is RLGS Supergroup. And it houses the most gorgeous people alive who share memes all day, share stories, share films, share books. Like They're just great people. Pat each other on the back. Pat each other on the back. They're just really nice to each other. Yeah, they are really nice and I love it. Which is really sweet. And you can talk to us on Twitter at Real Ghost Pod. You can talk to us both on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. And you can talk to Dan on Instagram. 50p Movie Club. Yeah, we're very active on Instagram. I would just like to point out that yesterday we had our first official... I had my first official troll on Instagram who asked me a hypersexualized question. And let me tell you, their account is now gone. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, well done. So I'm going to give you due warning... To anybody listening to this. That's not if you say something we disagree with. No, it's not. They asked me a really horrific, disgusting sexual question. Uh, I put them on blast all over Instagram. And I will continue to do so because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So all of my listeners, you are gorgeous. Because that means that loads of people went and reported that person. Because I put it up in my story saying, please go and report this person. Because they have done this. And the account is gone today. So thank you. I really appreciate it. And finally, something weird happened this week on our Patreon. I, I still don't know how I feel about it. But we are going to draw a line on after. Uh, uh, we're going to draw a line under it. This in week. This week's episode. I don't know. So if it needs it, to stop. So there, Dan's friend told him a story. I was unaware of this story until last week's Patreon episode. There has been a weird outcome weird weird just weird stuff has been happening and i don't know how i i can't explain it i feel really weird about it some of you will have seen some screenshots that i put up on my uh, instagram of the messages that i've been having with my friend yeah it's it's all just very weird but he's so. gonna stop this week so so if you want to hear more spooky stories from us on patreon you can sign up to our patreon which is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for five dollars a month you get an extra access you get extra access to one episode a week and then for two dollars a month you get access to the back catalogue of 50p movie club 50p movie club is coming back and 50p movie club is coming back with a new host with a new host and new movies the first few of which are kindly provided by a listener called catastrophe yep so we'll be watching one of those that you gave me. So thank you for those. And the new host of 52 Movie Club has an absolutely gorgeous accent as well. He does. Yeah. And it's Cockney. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does, he does a, good, a good Cockney accent. He does a good Cockney accent. And on... Oh, and if you want to send us a story, send it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. Please send me stories. I love them. And on that note... Adios. We shall see you next week. Bye.